friend. Welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is a show that's meant to help you remember who you truly are. I'm Ashley Stahl, a career expert, the author of the new book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. It's now available everywhere books are sold. And it's my honor to bring you guest conversations or even a solo episode with me every single week, all designed to help you elevate your confidence in work, in love, and in life. This is a place for you to reconnect to who you truly are, what you truly want, and to really heal from anything that is telling you that you are otherwise. Wherever you are, I am so grateful to be here in your ears. And I also want to give a shout out with so much thanks to our sponsor, Organifi. You can find them over at Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And when you use the U-Turn checkout code, you get 20% off your order. They make the most magical elixirs, whether it's powders for you to get your greens on every day, really tasty, clean protein powders to add into your diet. I have them every single morning. Probiotic powders to help you really heal and strengthen your immune system. So much more. Now let's get in to this week's conversation. If you're feeling an emotion of sadness, or if you're feeling anger, or if you're feeling frustration, or maybe you're feeling melancholy, the most powerful thing you can do, I don't care who you are, the most powerful thing you can do is to allow yourself to feel that emotion. Now, this is the hardest thing, and I'm gonna give you a tool to help you feel it. The hardest thing for everyone to do is to connect their head to their heart, right? Remember, emotions are energy in motion. They reside in the body, not in the mind. People get that confused. This is like totally different thing. Energy in motion resides here, not here, but we pick it up and decipher it here. So as we're understanding like why we are doing what we're doing, we really have to give ourselves the space to feel it, the permission to feel it. What's going on, U-Turn friends? It's Ash here, and I'm so excited. I'm opening up a new category on the podcast that those of you probably have heard me kind of tiptoeing around, which is wellness. I don't know how I've had a self-help podcast without wellness. And I wanted to kick this off bringing Josh Trent onto the show. He's the founder of Wellness Force Media, the host of the Wellness Force podcast. I just was a guest on his show. He spent almost two decades as a trainer, a researcher, a facilitator, figuring out the physical and emotional intelligence for people to thrive in today's world. And the Wellness Force mission is to help humans heal mental, emotional, and physical health through podcasts, programs, and a global community that believe in optimizing potential to live well. He's published over 400 interviews with some of the best minds in health and wellness and self-help, yours truly being one of them, obviously. And, And he has... Um, a certification from the National Academy of Sports Medicine and is the creator of Breathe, a breath and wellness program. He's going to give us a promo code if you want to check his stuff out. And it's a 21-day guided breath and wellness program using ancient wisdom to boost your immunity, calm your mind, give you freedom from chronic stress in today's modern crazy world. So, you know, I am just 
So excited to have this conversation. He has so many accomplishments. Thanks, Josh, for coming on the show. Thank you for reading the bio, for having me, for creating the space. Uh, I so enjoyed what we explored in our interview together for Wellness Force. So it's really cool to be able to flip the table and, and have you ask me questions. So thank you for having me on. Of course. I'm so excited because, you know, I was telling you I'm on my own wellness journey. And so I feel like there's like this people email me and they're like, oh, you asked questions that were so helpful to me. I'm like, that's because I was asking questions for myself, trying to figure <laughs> out my own issues. podcaster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it shouldn't be called the U-Turn podcast. It should be called Ashley's free session with an expert that everybody gets to listen in on. So yeah. I've been on my own health journey. I want to understand what led you to the health and wellness space. Like, why are you doing this work? Where did this come from for you? Well, I think for me, like so many, it, it came from a dark contrast of pain and discomfort. Many people out there have family members that have had addiction or mental health issues. So no matter who you are, I don't care if you're spiritual or scientific, we all experience pain in life. And so that was uh, completely my story from the beginning. Like I came into the world, I was less than five pounds when I was born. Yeah. I was put in an incubator for two weeks. Wow. Uh, my mom was manic bipolar. My dad left home when I was two months old. So I was like, I wrote a soul contract that said, hey, you're going to come in here and have some pretty unique challenges. Uh, to no surprise, Ashley, I didn't have the physiological tools, the nutritional tools, the movement tools. I, I didn't even know what those things were and neither did my parents. And uh, I found this really powerful drug when I was young, when I was a kid. I was having all these emotions in my body. I did, like, didn't know how to deal with them. And the drug was food. Mm. And nod your head right now if you know what I'm talking about, if you're with us. Like food is the most overprescribed, self-inflicted drug in the world that people abuse, I would say, more than anything else. And that was my story. So then, no surprise either, flash forward, I'm now 21 years old. I'm 280 pounds. I'm in a job I hate. I was a Mercedes-Benz technician, not using my voice, not using my expression, not shining light, not holding conversation. I was in a relationship I hated and I was 280, 280. Mm. So I got to this point where I was at a party drinking and um, I'm sure back in the day you've had a beer or two in your life. or if Yeah, you I love a, a good, I actually still love a good beer every now and right. again. So I was at a party drinking beer. I was using beer to not feel, which is where mm -hmm. a lot of people go. Yeah. And uh, I slammed the cup down. I looked down at my belly at the time and I, I just felt my really self-hatred and disgust. Yeah. Uh, at that time, 21. And I was like, okay, I don't exactly know what to do, but I know it's not this. And mm -hmm. it was the first time in my whole life that I felt a connection to God, to something else, to a higher power of some sort. I had been mm -hmm. angry at God, and that's a whole different podcast. I think a lot of people are still angry at God. They're still going through healing there. And so I just, I slammed the cup down and I ran home drunk, Ashley. <laughs> I'm, I'm like 21 years old. I'm, I'm running home. I, I get there and I'm like, how do I lose weight? How do I be healthy? I was just like done with it. I was done with all the emotional and physical stress. And um, next three, four years, I sold everything I owned, left my job behind, and just moved to Hawaii and really understood what it was like to be with myself for once, to spend mm. time with myself and learned about what nature was and hiking and surfing and fishing and um, got a job at a gym there as a personal trainer, just started falling in love with health. You know, fitness is the gateway to wellness. Everybody starts with fitness, but the deeper work, as you know, the, the more you dig, the more you find. That was my story there. And mm. so after 10 years of that, I was in what David Data calls the space between purposes, where your purpose is actually to figure out your purpose. Mm. And I was right there at about 33, 34 years old. And uh, I went to go get a safe corporate job. 
because I thought, okay, if I can get a safe corporate job, then like I'll take care of my money fears. Little did I know money was an inside job and an inside game and uh, got the gift of being fired in 2014. And in 2014, I had a moment where I was looking over a golf course on my knees, asking God, like, what do you want me to do? Truly, like, what do you want me to do? Because um, I don't want to live. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to do what you want me to do or I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Not that I was like thinking about taking my own life, but like it definitely crossed my mind at that time. Yeah. And it was a very heavy feeling and I'd never felt it quite that heavy before. And I think we all have experienced this where we have this dark night of the soul or to reference the hero's journey, right? We all go through this separation, initiation and return. That was my initiation. Like when I look back on my life, that was a very profound initiation because that's what pushed my back against the wall and allowed me to start Wellness Force. Allowed me yep. to actually start the dream that I had purchased the URL in 2011, and it took me five years to act on it. Five years of waking up, transitioning from being a health professional to then going to corporate, committing spiritual suicide, being in a cube. Maybe you can relate to this. Are you in a cube right now? There's nothing, no. wrong, with being, oh there's nothing wrong with being in a cube if you like it. If you love what you're doing, who cares where you are? But mm-hmm. I think so many people are so frustrated with where they are. It's really about embracing the pain. So when I embrace the pain, here we are, you know, three plus million people have heard my voice later and I'm following my dream. I'm I'm helping other people. I'm coaching people in business and life. I'm helping people how to breathe, which is a whole different story we can talk about. Um, But really it came from the contrast of pain Mm -hmm. and pain is a very temporary, powerful motivator. Mm -hmm. But what I learned along the way is that it's actually love and it's actually my purpose that gives me sustainable fuel source that I can really depend on over the long haul, at least. Woo, that you covered so much. I have to say, according to the Center of Disease Control, I think it's like 4% of people in the past year have had suicidal thoughts in the United States. And that sounds really small when you think about 4%, but it's, it's not because that's almost one out of what, you know, 20 to 30 people you walk past is having suicidal thoughts. So think about a walk through the grocery store. There's a, a an amount of people you will pass by that are thinking suicidal thoughts. And it, it breaks my heart. And I know how common that is. And I know how human it is to want to have a sense of purpose. I love what you said about David Data's work. I had no idea that he had that work around the purpose and how there's that moment in between of your purpose being to find your yeah. purpose. And I talk a lot about the moment in between I guess my body of work doesn't refer to it in that way. I talked on your podcast about that. So hopefully people will go listen to that episode and this idea of being in between and how important it is for you to uh, not be reactive and to allow yourself to be receptive in between. But one thing you talked about is that moment of being done. And I, I fucking love that moment for people. Like it's the best. It's like, you've, you, it's <laughs> yeah. the best moment. You're done. Really you're is. free. It's, it's yeah. not just a moment being done. It's like you're liberated. So I, I, my wish for anybody listening maybe would be to get curious, like, where are they? I don't know where in their life have they had, they had that moment? Like, what did they create because of it? Such a powerful moment. And I don't know if we get that many of those level of moments, you know, where you're about to start a new life because you're so done with something. 
but I would ask anybody listening, like, where should you be having a moment where you're done? You know, like where in your life? And so I want to talk a little bit about fitness versus wellness. I started doing fitness and it wasn't until later I learned that wellness is a totally different space. You know, like the fitness space I found was a lot about like building muscle and performance. And I saw a lot of people, especially in like the fitness competitions and stuff, like putting crazy stuff in their body so that they could look a certain way. And then I found out the wellness space is all about like, don't take antibiotics if you don't have to like eat things that are kind to your body, heal your gut. So I know you have these four quadrants of mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical for well-being. And I wanted to start with the physical if we could, because I'm curious, like how can somebody who's listening right now, or what have you learned about physical wellness that we can kind of leave with them to think about so that they can change their own life in that area? Well, the most powerful thing about physical wellness is physical awareness, first of all. Like I'm going to juxtapose what you just said earlier, which is, wouldn't it be great if people could use those I'm done moments to actually make a change? And it's the same thing that happens with self-awareness in the physical realm. So in this quadrant, in this domain that, by the way, we're all filling it, we're all living it, whether we're aware of it or not, it's always running. So when it comes to physical, it first starts with awareness. And yes, we've all heard this before, but are you doing it? This is the big one. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going through your life and you're on your fourth cup of coffee and you're not sleeping and you're watching screens at night, super late, and you're having drinks with your friends, partying about something that you don't even know why you're partying anymore. I've been there. Mm -hmm. Like that is ripe timing for massive transformation physically. Your body gives you clues all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you really want like the ultimate cheat sheet, there isn't one. It just comes with awareness. There's no five-step process. There's no PDF. There's no bulleted list of how do I become more physically aware? Yeah. You you actually just have to practice doing it. And so the best way to do this is to spend 20 minutes, 15 minutes, start with 10 minutes. Everybody's got 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the morning. If you don't have 10 minutes, you need to have a conversation with somebody. You need to figure something out. You need to figure something out. So this might be very uncomfortable, but you asked me what's, what's the biggest bang for your buck? for the people that are actually working on themselves truly. And again, I don't care if you're scientific or spiritual, spend some time looking at yourself in the mirror, spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes, or even five minutes. Okay. Just spend a minimum of five, (laughs) look in the mirror, take off all your clothes. Just love yourself for a second. You just look at yourself in the mirror and just connect with your eyes and look at the white and the retina and the color in your eyes and realize that when you do that, you connect with yourself when you first came to this world and you were loved when you came here and you just believed all these stories that you're not loved anymore and they've integrated and they've manifested as physical weight. They're called lipids. Excessive lipids is really just tied to a belief that you're not lovable. You're not enough. You're not safe. You need to protect yourself. That's what all it's about. This is what I learned in my journey from letting go of 80 pounds. Isn't it interesting that it feels really intimidating probably for a lot of us to stare at ourselves naked in the mirror for too long, because usually it becomes a game of fixating on like the areas that you wish were different, which is so hard. Yes. And we are a product, specifically the feminine. I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I can have empathy and reverence for it because our society has built a multi-trillion dollar, multiple industries, makeup, liposuction, medical, blah, 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 fill in the blank. To make women feel small, not enough, 
and that they need to buy somebody else's shit so that they're whole and complete. Mm -hmm. And so you know what comes up when, when people look in the mirror, man or woman, all that programming, all those ads they've seen since they were just even able to see all the advertisements and, and programs and things that they were sold to, that their parents were sold to, that their mom, unfortunately, told them they need. I mean, this is really what it's about. So if you want to ask me about the quadrant of physical, yes, the most important thing we can do is start by looking in the mirror and, and ask yourself, like, do I love what I see? And if you don't love what you see, that's your beginning point. Because from there comes awareness, surrender to what is, being clear in the present moment, and then you can start working with a support system. But if you don't do that first, you could hire a trainer, you're going to sabotage it. I've seen it time and time again. I used to charge people uh, $1,500 to $3,000 to work with me uh, for months at a time. And I would notice that the people that were successful, they were able to have the hard conversations with me in session. Being a personal trainer, when I look back, it was really beautiful training to, to do what I do now, more emotionally intelligent, having an intelligence conversation. Because I saw what made people successful when it came to the physical domain. And when it came to the physical domain, it was about learning how to see what they love and have a frequency that they feel in their body and that they emit to themselves when they look in the mirror. Mm. That's it. You don't do that. You could, you could have any diet. You could have temporary results. For me, it was ego. I would be like, I want to I be loved. I want to be accepted. I, I want to be promiscuous, you know, my 20s. Mm. It's all ego-driven. Mm -hmm. It's okay because I can look back on that with love and understanding. Yeah. But, but I, it, also, it also didn't serve me, right? Yeah. It, served me, it served me through contrast and people can get stuck in those. People can get stuck in that egoic realm. I think yeah. the majority of the fitness space is egoic. Totally. So it's, it's a deep question, Ashley. I mean, we could do a podcast just on the physical realm, yeah. but, but to bullet it, right? Love yourself, learn how to do that, which is I'm sure what you talk about on the show quite a bit. And then also really like tactically yeah. begin, to, begin to create a support system around you of other women and men and, and mentors and people that give you evidence and fortify. This is the key. You know, when you build a building in public, you build a building and you build a scaffolding around it. Mm -hmm. You have to build a scaffolding around your dream, around your physical dream, around anything you have. You have to learn how to build the scaffolding. So when it comes to your physical health, um, build the scaffolding, hire a professional, join groups, do anything you can. A, a great one right now is using your phone and creating private groups to connect with like-minded people where you can actually all help each other and be accountable. And if somebody's not in that frequency, get them out of your group. <laughs> Leave them out of your group. The access to the physical domain first comes with the awareness. We have to start there. I love this. And I, I know my listeners are super tactical and I tell them to love themselves all day long. But I also know that you probably know so much physically, like for me, I didn't realize that when I eat a strawberry or certain types of food, I get a lot of phlegm in my throat and yes. that that meant something about my health. I didn't realize that my brain fog or me feeling tired and was a sign that something was up with my health or that, that, that me needing a cup a, a coffee in the afternoon meant like my body wasn't doing what it needed to be doing. I didn't realize that my face rashes, I used to get little face rashes after I'd have too much sugar. And my biggest symptom was that my nose would close. Um, if I eat like chips or if I have, I have soy sauce, my nose would just completely close up within 10 minutes. And I, I went to an ENT doctor, like I want to say six years ago when I realized like my nose is closed all the time. I can't breathe out of my nose. So I'm always breathing out of my mouth like Darth Vader. And I, the doctor was like, oh, wow, your nose is like 95% obstructed right now. And he gave me a nose spray, which was like the last thing I actually needed in retrospect. What I really needed was to realize 
I have a gluten intolerance that I'm, I have a lactose intolerance and I have all these food sensitivities that I've developed over time. So I'm, I know that there's a couple of resources like Everly Well, where you can sure. like order a, a food sensitivity test, um, the MRT test, which has been a game changer. So anybody listening, like clearly I'm not a health advisor, but I can say being able to see my food sensitivities and realize like, wow, I am eating these things every day. And that's why I feel awful. And I just had this huge awakening when William, my partner was like, Ash, 70% of the time you say that you're tired, you're too tired to do something. And I do put in a full work day. I do have like a full life. So it makes sense that I kind of leave all of me on the table by the end of the day, but I am too tired to like really have the, an incredible life that I want. And so I've been working on my health. So I'm curious, like, I know I have that, that food test is like one thing you teach a lot of breath work, which is incredible. Um, what are some physical resources or even indicators? Like somebody once told me like the whites of your eyes is an indicator of how healthy you are. I'm just curious for those little set points so that maybe somebody on the show right now can be like, damn, that's me. Like I've, I get phlegm in my throat or I, you know, and it's, it's weird and it comes on some start to notice what's going on, you know? So just curious, I'm going on a whole rant here. I love it. Well, and this is what I'm getting from this community, right? And and you as really the, the leader of this is there's a beautiful thing about creating lists. It's powerful because it, it, takes all this, all the noise and it gives you a signal, right? So having like three to five things for each of these quadrants is powerful, but I'm going to be the first to challenge you live on your own podcast. When you constantly fall into the intellectual thing of, I need to do the top five. I need to do the top three. You actually can miss the forest through the trees because your body is giving you signals that cannot always be defined by a bullet list or by some type of cheat sheet. Now, granted, I'll totally give the people what they want, which is what they need. But first, I need to give a little backstory on this because inflammation is something that we can track through what's called CRP, right? C-reactive protein. So if anybody's wondering where they start, they start with inflammation, period. That is like the ultimate, you can look at Sean Wells' work or Sean Stevenson or Dave Asprey or Rob Wolf. I mean, anyone at all that has done anything in health it all leads to inflammation. So if you're wondering where to begin, start with the CRP because the CRP is going to tell you, first of all, are you inflamed, which most people are. And then next I would do what's called a reset, a reset. You can do at any time. What you do is you remove gluten, dairy, and soy, and you start there. For some people, they're going to have like FODMAP issues or oxalates and things like that. But if you just remove those gluten, dairy, and soy, just those three, just those, you. but those are like a lot of fun. But, but they're know? a lot, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. But like if you're really serious about getting your bullets in line, do that because I promise you, whatever's going to come up for you there, you can't put into um, a list. Hundred <laughs> percent. Go- you're going to have to as you as you access the physical domain and you work on the CRP and the 30 day reset and you do these things. What's going to come up is all the shit that you've been eating food about, and what's going to come up is all the things that you've been pushing down by eating the things that are keeping you inflamed and honestly keeping you addicted to the rush and the stress of the intensity of your day. And not just you specifically, I mean, any of us, right? Any of us, I'm an entrepreneur. I get it. Some of my days I'm like, how did I even do that? (laughs) I look back, I'm like, how did I even do that? 
And no. so inflammation is something that I'm currently dealing with, right? Like that my CRP is high. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to adjust? Wait, can I'm, you tell me a little bit more about the CRP? Like, is that sure. a test that people can order or what is that? Yes. C reactive protein. It's, okay. it's the, it's the level of inflammation. It's a biometric that we can get that'll give us our level of inflammation. And it's really powerful because if you think you're inflamed, you probably are. But mm -hmm. if you think you're inflamed and you get a test to prove that you are, well, then that's actually a really good mental anchor for you to make behavior modifications from. A lot of people need analytical advice to make changes. Not everybody's intuitive, right? I know some people here with us, like, you know, nod your head if you're like, yeah, I'm definitely analytical and I'm logical. I don't necessarily need to feel the spiritual stuff. But also for the spiritual people, it's nice to just get um, evidence. It's nice to get evidence that what you're thinking and feeling is actually true. That's why you're doing the leap MRT. That's why you're doing the tests that you're doing because you're gathering the evidence. And I think it's really intelligent to gather the evidence that you're on the course correction path, which is perfect because you're a human being It's part of the human experience. so sorry for the quick interruption, but if you're anything like me working from home, this quarantine has got you craving some structure. And I've gotten so much out of committing to a morning routine every single morning that's looked like burning some Palo Santo, or sipping some coffee, journaling, and of course, making my protein shake with Organifi's vanilla or chocolate protein powder. I replace one meal a day with this protein powder. I just grab my Vitamix. I put in a scoop of their vanilla protein, frozen organic blueberries, a scoop of sunflower butter, and coconut milk into the blender, and boom! That gets my little candy-addicted five-year-old living inside of me so happy, feeling like she just started her workday with what tastes like a dessert that is somehow healthy. So if you follow me on the gram, you know that even when I try to eat healthy, I tend to have little snacksidents, and that's why I'm so grateful Organifi is now sponsoring the U-Turn podcast. It is so great to have their support. So if you are looking for some consistency consistency and structure in your diet. I cannot recommend their protein powder enough and they just upped our discount with them to 20% off. So just head on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And don't forget to use the U-Turn code at checkout. Now let's get back to this week's episode. that yeah. and you you remind me of Prem Rawit he's a, a guru from India I emceed his event in LA like a year like right before COVID and he totally got me on stage so I'm like give me the steps to peace and he was like there are no steps that gets you out of the peace and so I love your thinking exactly. and I do love your resources I've got to admit like the to me there's something to be said about the test sure. that you're suggesting, my, the food sensitivity test. And I also know for those listening worldwide, three out of five people die due to chronic inflammatory diseases sure. like stroke, chronic respiratory diseases, heart disorders, yes. cancer, obesity, diabetes. So these are all things that are very real. And if you do have inflammation, getting to it is one of the biggest longevity hacks you could probably do. Well, let's speak to the feminine because the feminine has a unique biochemistry that is different than a male, AKA your cycle. Mm -hmm. So every single month you have things going on that men don't even understand, even yeah. if they tried to understand it. And so you deserve actually biologically, uh, energetically, you deserve more rest periods per month than the masculine because your body deserves that to, in order for it to what we 
to achieve what we call homeostasis. Mm -hmm. Homeostasis is the balancing of all these systems. All these systems are designed to be in synergy. And so if your body was a car and one of your wheels was sticking out to the side and you kept mashing the gas pedal down, what do you eventually think is going to happen? <laughs> the car is going to fail, yeah. right? So, so you're a high performing entrepreneur. Um, a lot of people that are here with us, I, I'm sure no matter what they're doing, that they are doing it at probably a higher clip or they're doing it at a very intense pace. Maybe they feel exhausted. Maybe they have adrenal issues. Mm -hmm. The number one thing you can do to begin accessing the understanding and the awareness of your physical domain of that physical quadrant is to take deep breaths as much as humanly possible. Yes, we can dive into the strategy of breath and the physiological benefits and the autonomic nervous system and things like that. The reason that I was drawn to the breath is because of the anxiety that I was experiencing. Breath work is, in my opinion, the most powerful lever we can pull in our entire it's called the ANS, the autonomic or automatic nervous system. It's the only thing we can do to choose. And I'm going to say it right now, like, like the tattoo on my arm that's in Italian, it says, Se posso respirare, posso scegliere. What that means is if I can breathe, I can choose. Mm. But I have to be able to breathe first. What is the first thing that we do when we fight with somebody we love? or when we're stressed out at work, or when we're in a panic and looping thoughts about the future, we go like this. <gasps> we hold our breath, our shoulders rise, our neck gets tense, our scalenes get tense, everything gets tense. And so can we, can we be okay? And can we first be aware and be in the understanding that it's okay to feel tension? Yeah. Because a lot of times people will get, be in a judgment loop and be like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. And then they're stressed out that they're stressed out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I call it emotional of... stacking. Yeah. So. Isn't it funny that we need to learn how to breathe? Like the most automatic thing we've really bought. It's pretty interesting. As a species. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that I am making money and doing what I do in part and parcel by teaching people how to properly access their diaphragm. I'm like, I'm teaching people how to breathe here. Yeah, you know, well, I would been, have been one of those. Yeah. And before I was on my wellness journey as well, like with inflammation, like breathing was a huge thing. Like I held so much anxiety. I would breathe out of my chest and not out of my stomach and still get stuck in that. So I'm, I know physical is huge, but I yes. also know you kind of touched on mental as one of the four quadrants of wellness. So yes. what goes through your mind mentally for everybody who is kind of thinking like, I want to be well and I need to work on my mindset. Like, what would that look like according to you? Well, I would first notice where that thought comes from. Mm -hmm. If it comes from a space of judgment, if you, feel, if you feel contraction in your nervous system, and this is again for like spiritual or scientific people. Mm -hmm. So you all know what contraction feels like. If you have a thought, if you experience a thought and that thought makes you feel tense, or you notice your face is contracting, or you notice your body is getting tighter, there's something to look at there. Mm -hmm. It's either coming from a place of your self-awareness, guiding you towards your higher self, guiding you towards being more at peace, being healthier, not feeling stressed out, or you from a soul level, from an intuitive level, have to decipher, is that contraction coming from love or is that contraction coming from fear? This is a mental program we're talking about. I know this sounds more spiritual, but this is highly mental. Mm -hmm. So when people are going through these mental loops of like, oh my God, I need to change something. What do I need to change? Right, right there, you're actually starting with the wrong mental framework. So the best thing to do is do breath work first. I always do this when I take my clients through the emotional inventory process. It's very simple. You get a journal, 
Okay. Here's my little journal. I do it every day, actually. It's right here. So you know I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Mm -hmm. Little home journal. I draw a line down the middle. If I'm feeling really loopy on the left side, I'll just put contraction or I'll put fear or stress. And I will list. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes it's 10. And I'll be like, okay, real story, real shit. What's causing me today in this moment? the most pain, the most stress, the most contraction, the most tension. What mm -hmm. thoughts am I having? I'll write them down. I'll get them out of my psyche and Love put them that. on the paper. Then on the right side, this is really, this is the part that most people miss, Ashley. So I want everybody to really let this land. You have to validate yourself. You have to validate yourself when you're going through the inventory process. Otherwise you're treating yourself like you're just an inventory. You're not an inventory, you're a human. So on the right side of the paper, most important thing to do, put gratitude at the top. I mean, it's on my little container here. Like it, gratitude is not something that you practice when everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is something that you practice when the shit hits the fan and you really need an anchor. You yeah. really need a primer and an anchor to calm yourself down, to turn down the default mode network in your brain. Mm -hmm. So on that side, you write things you're grateful for. And then here's the key. This is like the most important thing, this is the coolest thing when it comes to the mental is if you can then be, be courageous enough to like circle on the left side out of all the things you've written, what's the one thought and the one thing that's causing you the absolute most pain, the absolute most constriction. Maybe mm -hmm. we're talking about the physical domains. So let's talk about like, when I look in the mirror, I feel like crap. Mm -hmm. I look at, I look at myself in the mirror. I feel like shit. Okay. That's, that's pretty judgmental. That's pretty harsh. On the right side, circle the thing you're most grateful for. And then here, here's the courageous act. This is the difference between knowing and doing. Mm -hmm. You actually reach out to somebody who is in your trusted network, somebody that you that loves you, that cares about the, that cares about you, that you know wants you to have your dream and your dream life. And you share with them, hey, hey, Ashley, I did an emotional inventory today. Is it okay if I share it with you? Mm -hmm. and, and you'll be like, yeah. You'll be like, well, here's what I'm dealing with. Like I did an inventory and, and out of all the things that are going on in my life, this is the one thing that's causing me the most pain. Look, I'm also super grateful for blank. I'm super grateful for my wife, my husband, whatever it is. Can I share with you how I'm going to change this? I'm committed yeah. to changing my life. I'm committed to changing this one thing. Can I, can I do that? And they're going to say yes. And then by you doing that, you're declaring it and you're starting that fortification process where I talked about the scaffolding. Your dream is to look in the mirror and love yourself, yeah. but you can't do that from an intellectual level. Mm -hmm. Loving yourself doesn't come from the mind, but the mind is clues to start on how you can take that inventory, those bullets and get yourself over to a place where you're starting to fortify the new you. Yeah. That's really how you do it. Whether it's physical domain relationships, you all start there. You have to start there. Love this. Okay. I love, you know, I love a good exercise and so does everybody listening. And I've, I've talked about something in this realm, but I've never done the gratitude side. I love your piece of like, I'm going to get, and, and what a great way to get leverage on your thoughts, because sometimes we're swirling yes. and we feel so down. And what's so funny about this exercise, I feel like is we're probably going to write our most damaging thoughts down. And on some days, it's actually like we can look at the thought and be like, oh, we don't deserve to think this one. Like this one's a silly one and it doesn't have or to have a hold it. on us. Yeah. <laughs> I like, mean, oh, wow. I'm guessing a lot I'm thinking. of this, Yeah. Like a lot of the time our thoughts feel real. So we're going to write some of them down and be like, damn, this yeah. one's so real. But I do think sometimes I'll write down the thing that's stressing me out the most today and I'll kind of look at it and then I'll laugh and be like, wait a minute. Like, nope. And then I feel my energy immediately free up. But I love that piece of, of being grateful for the other side of whatever is going on in your life. That's mm. so, so great. Yeah. And then I know emotionally, we, and we could talk about mental forever. Cause I have so many, you know, 
you know, I have so many thoughts. So the mind is a tyrant. Yeah. The mind actually is our employee. It's the yeah. employee of the soul. It's not the leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, easier said than done. Sure, and it's a practice. It is a practice and it's a process. And I know that emotional, so you talk about mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. So we've talked about physical, we've talked about emotional, or sorry, we've talked about mental. When we get into emotional, this one's always so interesting for me because it took me my whole life to learn how to decently regulate my nervous system. I grew up in as a kid with a very stressed out dad, really funny guy and very like fun human being, very stressed out person as well. And I picked up on his stress and I would almost process things for him. And I think people who are in relationships are, are or empaths, they think they're super empathetic sure. when really they're just trying to solve problems so they don't have to feel that person's problem anymore. Um, it's like we are these emotional beings and we're doing so many different things to regulate our nervous system so that we can feel calm again. So what would you suggest for people emotionally to feel more at home with themselves and more well, given all of the wellness work I know you've done? Well, the unique answer is actually found in the question. In the question is a search for awareness. You're searching for awareness. What is the thing that I must do to get the result that I want. Well, the thing that you must do is actually become more aware. And so mm -hmm. the only way you can become more aware of your emotions is to actually take a moment, give yourself tools. And I'll talk about the tools, give yourself tools so that you can be aware of the emotion. What is emotion? Emotion is energy in motion. Mm -hmm. So when energy is in motion, you can't create or just, you can't create energy. You can't destroy it, right? It can only be transmuted. You can only change energy. So if that's the case, and do you believe that that's true, Ashley, I'll ask you this. Do I believe what's true? That you cannot, you cannot create or destroy energy. Yeah, I do believe that's true. Well, if that's true, and we all know that on a scientific level, well, then why don't we be in harmony with that? Yeah. Because emotion is giving us some type of a guidepost. It's giving us some type of a clue when we're out of alignment or when we're in alignment. I mean, that's all, that's really all it is. It's very reductionistic for me to tell you that but it's true. Mm -hmm. So when I think about like, how do we make sense of the emotions? We start practicing the awareness of what they're going to tell us, what they're trying to tell us. Here's a good indicator. If you're feeling an emotion of sadness, or if you're feeling anger, or if you're feeling frustration, or maybe you're feeling melancholy, the most powerful thing you can do, I don't care who you are, the most powerful thing you can do is to allow yourself to feel that emotion. Now, this is the hardest thing, and I'm going to give you a tool to help you feel it. The hardest thing for everyone to do is to connect their head to their heart, right? Remember, emotions are energy in motion. They reside in the body, not mm -hmm. in the mind. People get that confused. This is like totally different thing. Energy in motion resides here, not here, but we pick it up and decipher it here. So as we're understanding like why we are doing what we're doing, we really have to give ourselves the space to feel it. The permission yeah. to feel it, a permission slip. Now, this is this is a very challenging thing for people that are analytical or driven. They do not want to hear this. Well, Nobody... it's so funny because we could just feel our emotion for 10 minutes. And usually the thing that you've been pushing down for like five years, if you just cry over it for 10, 15 minutes. Right. It leaves your body. Like it's mm -hmm. so crazy. The amount of like monkey dances we're all doing to not feel when it's like, wow, do you want to hack to feeling better? Just feel. <laughs> I know. True. And there's so many things that go into this because from parental modeling or from societal modeling or school, I mean, let's be honest, it's a very polarizing view, but I believe it's true. 
I think that we are all in a big experiment. Alan Watts calls it all wretch and no vomit. Everyone's being trained to follow orders, not listen to their intuition, do what they're told, color within the lines. I mean, fill in the blank, Ashley. Like, society is not set up for people to succeed unless they can transcend the latent teachings of society. Mm -hmm. Period. End of story. Like, that's the big one. So, here's the tool you use if you're looking for the tool. And I'm only saying this because I don't want to give you the tool, honestly. (laughs) I don't want to do it. I don't want to give you the tool because I, I don't want you to think that by me giving you the tool, that it's going to make it all better. It will give you the start. It will give you a start. It'll give you a start to make it all better. The tool that you must do, it's called connected circular breath. Now, I know we're going to talk a little bit about breath work, but connected circular breath is the thing that turns down your amygdala and turns down your nervous system from the sympathetic. It's like the fight or flight branch. And it does this through a really unique thing called the vagus nerve. Mm. Our vagus nerve is what gives us that signal for either fight or flight or rest and digest. Mm. Here's the coolest thing. When you take, and we can do a practice if you like or not, or you can join the breathe program. When you, when you breathe through your belly, specifically, let's talk about women that are dealing with the most uncomfortable part of their cycle. Okay. Let's talk about breath work specifically for a woman who's in a job She's having a really challenging day in her cycle. What the hell does she do? <laughs> what does Heel she do? Heal over that? with a heating pad under her desk. <laughs> Fine. But let's say maybe she's got a meeting coming up, right? Yeah. So the best way to do this, right, to really give yourself energy is to do circular breathing. Circular breathing is an inhale through your nose and an exhale through your mouth with a focus on pressing and uh, releasing and pressing your diaphragm. Here's what happens. You press and release your diaphragm. You push on the vagus nerve. When you push physically on the vagus nerve, it gives your brain the signal to allow you to relax. Everybody knows like when you take a deep breath, you feel better. Well, why is that? <laughs> you know, why do you feel better when you take a deep breath? Yeah. It's because you are training your body to deal with what's really arising in the moment. And that could be tiredness, discomfort. Maybe you're angry at your boyfriend. Maybe you're yeah. angry at your job, whatever it is. Like you're not alone there. Mm-hmm. And so your breath connects you to what is that allows you. That's the tool. The ultimate tool to give yourself permission to feel your feelings is by you going like this. You do that enough. You do it intelligently. You do it in a guided, facilitated way. And you can start really clearing out some bullshit that's not serving you. Yeah. And there's such a power in that pause, right? Like when a situation is stressful, I think the worst thing you could do is take your little fingers and start texting that text message back. Or, you know, it's like, um, not taking that moment to just pause. And if you can give yourself the pause, you are already ahead of so many people. I actually am studying this, um, field of work right now, dialectical behavioral therapy, and they talk about emotions and how they motivate and organize us to take action. They motivate our behavior. They, you know, it's a lot of, um, the action urge of a lot of specific emotions are hardwired in our biology. And I was reading about it and I was talking about how, you know, fear cues our bodies to act in actual threats to our life. And that's very productive. Anger cues our bodies to act in response to something that's blocking an important goal for us. You know, disgust usually will cue our body to act in response to situations that are offensive or or awful. And then sadness will cue us to act in response to a loss. And so, I mean, the list goes on. There's so many different emotions that are productive. And yet I think we forgot how 
to regulate them and not let them take us over like this wave that just puts us completely out. So when you tell people to feel their emotions beyond breathing, um, what, how do you show up in really feeling your emotions? Because I know for some people, like, especially I've had some male clients, they're like, I'm blocked. I don't feel anything. No, they were trained. They were trained to not feel. Mm -hmm. They've been trained and men are continued to train to not feel. This is why my men's work that I do in groups is so powerful as well, because, and even your question, I love your question and I love your energy and mm -hmm. I love this space. But even your question comes from an intellectual yeah. understanding. Yeah. And so what I'm talking about is a somatic understanding, which cannot be intellectualized. Mm -hmm. We can try to intellectualize it, but no one knows what it's like to birth a child unless they've done it. Totally. No one knows what it's like to lose someone unless they've been through it. No mm -hmm. one knows what it's like unless the experiential somatic connection is right there. Yeah. That's the hardest part for people to get because they think they're getting it from the mind. So the big piece on this one is to really give yourself that permission and that permission only comes through practice. Now yeah. you, people are not going to want to hear this right now. They're going to be like, get Josh off the show. No, I don't want to hear no, this bullshit, it's but it's real. It's real. And if you get anything from our time together, I just want to give you this. If I could go back and give my 18 year old self like one little note, you know, we used to give each other notes in high school. Mm -hmm. If I could write a little note to him, I'd be like, Hey, first of all, you're loved and I got you. And secondly, if you want things to hurt less, allow yourself to feel them more. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. And then he, and then he might say, well, how do I feel them more? And I'd be like, first of all, we're going to work on your breathing. We're going to give you some time alone. We're going to give you some physical touch. We're going to give you some somatic cues. There's a lot of tools that I have talked about in my work. Um, one of them is like the Apollo device, which is a uh, harmonic vibration. The other one is the vagus nerve through the left ear, which is the Nirvana Zen device. The other one is um, sound bath and sound therapy. The other one is float tanks. I mean, I could give you a list to the floor, Ashley, of all the tools mm -hmm. and things, but there has to be an internal decision to feel it first. hundred percent. So that's really what this is all about. Love that. Okay. So I know we're wrapping up soon and I want to ask you about the spiritual quadrant and also breath work. Spiritually, I know I'm always kind of looking to connect to wherever we came from. And I always am reflecting in these questions and seeing the world through a different lens. Um, yeah. How do you recommend someone? Because, you know, I kind of, I'm not going to say I got triggered by this, but like people would always be like, what are your spiritual practices? And sometimes I'd be like, I don't know. And then I would meet someone who has no spiritual thing. They're not in the woo-woo community. And I could tell that they're such a spiritual being. They're just generous and alive. Sure. And they don't have any practices. They don't have an altar. They don't have a meditation thing or a breathwork thing. Um, and yet I know these practices are really powerful. So what do you um, recommend people maybe consider in their lives as they are looking to connect to their spirituality. The biggest spiritual practice you will ever do is to forgive yourself and forgive others. Mm. That's the most powerful spiritual practice ever. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the only way that you can do that is by having life or God or whatever lens you see it through, give you that experience. Mm -hmm. And so just like you talk about in your work where there's a, there's a divine timing for people to find their dream, their purpose, their career, Yeah, there's a divine timing for spiritual growth as well. But also, this is a big piece, you have to have spiritual courage. Mm -hmm. And in order to have spiritual courage, you have to become more aware that the ego and the stories and the, and the paradigms you're attached to on a mental intellectual level are driving 90% of your behaviors, 90% mm -hmm. or more on a very deep, you know, Jung calls it the shadow 
on a very deep level. So I want to upset people here. I do. I want you to listen to this podcast and I want you to be like, fuck Josh. No, I <laughs> forget about Josh. Then, no, because I no, but that good. means that that means that I'm touching something in you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so notice whenever you're triggered, whenever you're happy, I mean, there's lessons either way, right? There's lessons on both sides. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the take home is like, you really have to have the permission to give yourself like that spiritual growth and courage and courage comes from doing not from pontificating yeah. courage comes from, as you call it engagement. Yeah. So, so there's an amalgam there. It's a recipe. I love what you're saying. And I do say, I've never heard somebody say that the most spiritual thing you could do is forgive. But I so get that and forgiving can be so hard, especially for somebody who holds on to things and grudges. And I think there's a fine line. Like, I think there could be fear. Like if I forgive this person that I'm in a relationship with, that isn't good to me. Am I going to stay with them? Like there's fear of forgiveness too. People don't want to forgive or even just people like to be angry, especially after breakups because anger moves sure. things along. Um, and so forgiveness is such a radical act of being vulnerable. So before we go, tell us a little bit about your breathwork program, how people can get started. I know you have a promo code for all of us. Sounds really awesome. Yeah. A lot of what I've been doing when you speak, Ashley, is you'll notice my mouth is closed and I'm yeah. breathing through my nose. The reason I do that is because Let's, let's speak specifically to the woman I was talking about earlier. If you're in a space right now, whether in corporate or at home or whatever it is, and you're going through a, a U-turn and you're going through a shift, it is absolutely pivotal, life-changing 100% from both scientific and my own anecdotal experience, like thousands of people that I've helped to do this now. If you can learn how to breathe, you truly can cultivate the courage and the faculty and the capacity to change. If you can breathe, you can actually choose. So this program was built from me traveling the world. I went to Thailand and Sedona and Costa Rica, and I learned from some of the top breathwork practitioners in the world mm -hmm. and spent a lot of money to do so mm -hmm. because I wanted to know, like, how do I actually do this for me? I'm like you. I'm a podcaster, and I feel like I have therapy sessions, and I learn stuff on my own show. So so I do the same thing with breathwork. You know, I really, I really go as deep as I possibly can. And I did go as deep as I possibly could to figure out what are the real gems? What are the box and circular practices? And in breathwork, there's three phases. There's acute, there's meditative, and there's cathartic. Mm -hmm. For that person, for that woman who I'm talking to right now, sitting in a job that she's really, maybe she hates it. The most powerful thing you can do is you can do our, it's in module four. It is the acute stress management breathing. Yeah. period end of story because when you give yourself tools like the five five box or the four seven eight or the pranayama or the hyperventilation breathing when you train yourself to get more comfortable when you're super triggered through the access point of your breath your emotional intelligence grows your physical intelligence grows and what does that mean that means you can deal with the onslaught of the external stressors that you're facing and mm -hmm. your breath becomes an access point for you to be safe and loved within yourself so that nothing around you and no one around you or your boss or anything else can fuck with you. Breath is the unfuck withable tool. You cannot fuck with someone's breath. If someone's breathing properly, they can't be triggered. They can feel their trigger, but guess what releases it? The breath. So this is a three-week program. It's 21 days. The reason I made it short is because I made it potent. And so if you're feeling inspired by this, uh, the website is breathwork.io. 
It's from three years of me going around the world and doing all this and the code. So it's breathwork.io and the code is podcast 50 and it's 50% off the program. It's super affordable. I promise you, no matter what your budget is, you can handle it. Um, so it's my gift to you. And, and, and thank you for letting me bring that to the space, Ashley. There's so many things you're interested in. I'm interested in too. And I'm learning just like you. And um, we can't learn unless we breathe. I mean, we can't do anything unless we breathe properly. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. I'm so appreciative. Thanks, Ashley. much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn podcast. In the meantime, if you heard about any resource that you're interested in from one of our guests, you can find it listed in our show notes on the podcast tab of my website, ashleystahl.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you'll also see our free quiz to help you discover what career path you're actually meant for. And of course, we cannot thank you enough for written podcast reviews. I read every single one. I get so motivated from reading your words and it just means the world to me that you take a moment if you have an Apple device and you write an actual review for me. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you being here and cannot wait to connect with you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.